welcome, welcome, welcome on this chilly, chilly sports Saturday here on KCOU 88.1 FM to KNC Sports. Once again, a wonderful sports Saturday. We uh, we hope you're spending it well, keeping yourselves warm, sitting by the fire, maybe drinking some hot chocolate or something. My, my goodness, it's like 20 degrees outside. The, we, have a, we have a pond right beside the student center up here at the University of Missouri. Um, if, if you're a student here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That pond, um, I can give you an actual weather report. As, uh, as Cole and I just checked it before we went out, um, it's frozen over. There's a, there's a nice little thin sheet of ice, and you can put your foot on it, and it breaks apart, and it's, you know, crazy. But anyway, uh, you are listening to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined, as always, by my good amigo, Cole Tusing. Cole, you, uh, you had yourself an eventful day, did you not? Yeah, I did have myself an eventful day. It was cold, though. It was, um, I went to the football game, then some other things happened. But the football game, man, that was a cold one. It was 10 degrees. It felt like it was 10 degrees. I kick off with the wind show with the wind kicking in. Man, that was a cold one. And we'll talk about that game and our thoughts, especially since Mizzou Tigers, after that win, are now officially sits wins on the air, and they're officially bowl eligible. So there's a lot to talk about there. But... It was it was a cold one, all right. And you got to you got to show off your running legs. Uh, got to do not just a forty yard dash on Faroe Field. You went end zone to end zone. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, end zone to end zone. And um, sadly to report that um, I unfortunately lost the race by like four or five yards. So it was a close one. But I mean, I guess I'll chalk up to the cold. I guess. To be fair, you were also racing against a motorized helmet that had wheels. So I, I feel like there was a there was a actual like legitimate disadvantage um on your side so so props to you for because from the video i saw on snapchat i saw i, I think it was uh, I, I forget whose story it was but i saw someone's story on snapchat with a video of you and you were tailing that thing for a little bit but you got to about the 30 and you, you almost caught it i mean like you you say you lost by four yards but honestly it was more of a yard and a half i mean the the the, the face mask of the helmet crossed the end zone when you were about at the two so like you, you should be a little bit more you know proud of yourself i mean that was that was a hard race to win i mean also considering the helmet starts at the 40 yard line i have to go from end zone to end zone so i pretty much had to do double the distance and the short amount of time yep so uh Either way, we got a great show lined up for you this evening um, here on KNC Sports. Plenty of college football occurring right before our eyes here on this Saturday. A couple of big games that have either wrapped up or are in process. Of course, as we mentioned before, Mizzou took on the Commodores and came away with a victory. So we'll break that down later, um, but make sure you stay tuned. Plenty more KNC Sports after the break. On Saturday, November 10th, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., MU Normal will be holding the Missouri Cannabis Conference in Arts and Science Building's Allen Auditorium. The conference is free and open to the general public. Speakers include Jeff Mizanski, Sheila Dundon, Paul Calicote, Heather DeRose, and more. For more information, you can check out MU Normal's OrgSync page. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on this KCOU Sports Saturday. A little reminder for you, uh, 
Don't miss a special opportunity to support a local business and also your favorite radio station, KCOU, on on Monday, November 12th. That is this upcoming Monday, so mark your calendars. B&B Bagel and KCOU will be teaming up to do a profit-sharing event. 10% of all sales that day will go towards KCOU. So go enjoy the best breakfast in Columbia and support, once again, your favorite radio station in Columbia on Monday, November 12th. That is this upcoming Monday. We love B&B Bagels. Uh, Their bagels are very good. Um, I'm a particular fan of their cream cheese. All right, uh, fair enough, but yeah, definitely. Um, so we have a great thing going on with B and B Bagel, but uh, next Monday, just you know, morning or sometime today, you know, before class or something, especially in the cold, uh, go get yourself some bagels. Yeah, bagels warm you up. But uh, you know, transitioning from B and B Bagel to um, something that is, you know, completely different. So, so in in the words of Monty Python, now for something completely different. Um, Let's talk about some NCAA football. And I'm not going to start with Mizzou. We'll, we'll break that down a little bit later. But let's just kind of run through some of the bigger happenings in the, in the sport today. We had uh, Texas A&M taking on Ole Miss in Kyle Field, so in College Station in the great state of Texas. Um, and they got the win, 38-24. to um, Pretty solid performance from the Ags, they uh, they shut Ole Miss out in the first quarter and held them to to uh, seven points or less in the third and fourth. Um, what what do you think of that from the Ags? I think that's a great win, especially since coming off a tragic loss. And the A&M has definitely had, I would argue, a. I mean, you can jump in, obviously, but A&M's had a weird college football year. How they were ranked and then they dropped a. Questionable game. I keep bringing this up against Clemson. They lose to Alabama. They were ranked, and then they were unranked, and then they lose to Mississippi State. Now it's great to see if they get a win again. Yeah, you know, you, I think weird is definitely the best word to use there because, like, you know, they, they they the first game was like against some cupcake school. I think it was like you know, northeastern Northwestern State. Who cares? They won 59, 59 to seven. But then you drop that that incredibly close one against Clemson, and you're like, oh wow. I mean, they 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 should have won. You know, and if you beat the number two, na- the number two team in the nation, I mean, at that point, like that's an automatic, you know, top twenty. You know, not just top twenty-five. I mean, that vaults you into some really serious, you know, seriously good contention there. Then they, uh, you know, they beat uh, Louisiana Monroe. I mean, no one cares. Gets stomped by Alabama, though. They were the first team, um, I think, this season to hold Bama under fifty, and they put twenty-three points up on Bama. Speaking of Tetsanam and Bama, before we get to this, do you know what happened on this day a few years ago? Uh, yeah, the uh, Johnny Manziel turning into the legend, the Heisman that he became by going into Tuscaloosa and beating the Crimson Tide. A hallowed day in Aggie history, especially since it literally meant nothing, and they wound up, I think, beating Duke in the, uh, the Chick-fil-A Bowl, um, which no one cares about. But uh, then, you know, go, getting back to AM, I mean, they they went on a three game they went on a three game win streak with Wednesday against Arkansas. That game was played in Cow- in AT and T Stadium in Jerry World up in Dallas. Uh, they beat the University of Kentucky, who at the time was ranked 13th in the nation, um, and then they went into Columbia, South Carolina, and beat the Gamecocks. Uh, but then they dropped two really crummy games against Mississippi State and Auburn. You know, like, going into the Mississippi State game, I'm thinking, wow, Ags are not going to win the SEC West. But, but, they have a chance if they, you know, pull a fast one against LSU in Kyle in, in College Station, they, they have a chance to maybe, you know, go to a marquee bowl. You know, they're not going to make it. They, they, you know, they could have made a New Year's Six if they were second in the, SC, in the SEC West and their only loss is coming to Clemson and Alabama. You know, like that's that's some that's some like top ten tier stuff. You know, if your only two losses are against the teams who we're probably gonna see those two in the national championship this year, like, all right, that's fine. You know, like you cannot be mad about that. Jimbo can sleep happy with that. Now they are a four loss team, and their two losses come 
pretty crummily on the road against Mississippi State in Starkville where they played terribly, and then on the road in Auburn where they would have won that football game but missed a, like, last-minute field goal and then allowed Auburn to drive down the field and score themselves to win the game. So, like, it's, it's nice to see the Ags back on a winning, you know, mentality uh, because it was looking a little bit rough there. They play UAB next week in Kyle Field, um, and then they play LSU on the 24th, which that is Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that will be in Kyle Field as well. So two more home games for the Ags. Uh, the way it looks right now, um, I believe, because the SEC does not consider overall uh, record when it comes to conference rankings. So I believe that if AM beats LSU, um, depending on what LSU does today, I believe they'd be tied for a second in the SEC West. Um, which, once again, I think this year, second in the SEC West would probably land you in a New Year's Six Bowl, considering that, you know, uh, Bama is going to be in the college football playoff. I think that's a good, you know, prediction, I think, <laughs> considering that we've talked about this on the show a few times before, but I think we're both in unison that the SEC, it, the SEC West, excuse me, is the best division in all of college football. The SEC West, you could, if you slot any of those teams, you know, maybe not, maybe not Arkansas, but any any other team besides Arkansas, um, and maybe Ole Miss, into any other conference, right? Those teams would compete for conference championships, right? You slot Texas A&M into the Big 12. You know, send them back. They're competing for, you know, Big 12 championships with OU and UT. Um, Same goes for if you send LSU into the Big 12 or if you send LSU into the ACC. They would fight with Clemson for that ACC title spot. You know, these teams have stellar defenses, with stellar offenses on the other side of the ball, and most of them, not all, but most, are coached by incredible coaches. The SEC West is stacked, and that's why Mizzou always gets spanked when they go up against SEC West teams, you know? Gets spanked by Alabama. Um, Arkansas sucks, so that's the only time that, you know, this dip, like Arkansas is the you know the differing from the norm. You could almost you could almost justify taking Arkansas out of the SEC West and putting, I mean geographically you'd put Missouri in. You you flip those two. If you don't want to do that, then maybe slot in like you know Vanderbilt or something or Tennessee. Like they suck, but geographically it makes sense. But anyway. Anyway, uh, let's not get too hung up on how darn good the SEC West is. Um, but, speaking, but sticking with the Texas roots, there's a game currently going on right now. Texas going up against Texas Tech, and they are currently down. Texas Tech is currently winning 7-0 in, in the Lubbock. second quarter. In Lubbock. That is what I have to stress about this football game. Because if this was being played in Austin, if this was being played at DKR, it would be a massacre with the Longhorns coming out definitively on type. Longhorns ranked number 19 in the nation, by the way. Uh, but losing to West Virginia last week um, on uh, last second touchdown um, from Will Greer, the West Virginia quarterback, who is... I've seen it a couple places in the running for the Heisman. I don't think the Heisman conversation is irrelevant because Tua is going to win it. Like, that's just, that's the thing. He's your pick to win the Heisman is Tua? Oh, for sure. He could he could go back to back. Oh, my, my goodness. He's just that good. But either way, um, the Red Raiders always show out. Um, their fans are incredibly rowdy. 
Um, when A&M went into Texas Tech, didn't matter how good the A&M team was that year, they could have gotten wins over Baylor, TCU, and all the other Big 12 schools. They could have you know, kept it close against OU and beaten the tar of the cowpokes of Oklahoma State. They went into Texas Tech, and Texas Tech would always have the Aggies number. That was just the theme, you know? And that was a game they always played the week before A&M played UT on Thanksgiving. So, you know, it was a little warm-up. But I'm not surprised the Red Raiders are up here. Um, I can I can see I could see Texas Tech even winning this football game. Texas is not the team that it got hyped up to be. You know, at the end of the day, it's still UT. It's not Mac Brown's UT. It's a different UT. And this UT sucks for the most part, which I chalk up to Tom Herman not being a good coach because he's not a leader of men. You need a coach who's going to be a leader, right? Look at Urban Meyer. Urban Urban Meyer is not a very good leader. Ohio State's probably going to wind up, you know, going downhill pretty soon, I would imagine. I mean, they, they already are. They're not in playoff contention. The only reason that they're as high as they are, like ranking-wise, is because of a solid recruiting class. And I imagine, after everything that ha- happened to Urban Meyer over the offseason, those recruits are not going to want to come to Ohio State anymore. Look at Nick Saban, though. Nick Saban doesn't get in any trouble, right? Leader of men. He, you know, the the, the, the biggest... The biggest thing that he got in trouble for in the past about three seasons was that he yelled at a reporter because he was mad about them continuing to ask about, you know, his decision between Jalen Hurts and Tua, right? And then in the end, he came out and apologized for that. That is what role models do. And you can say what you want about Nick Saban, about, you know, how he treats certain people, whatever. At the end of the day... He, he apologized for his mistake, set, you know, took the blame for it. He is a darn good coach, right? Tom Herman is not that. Tom Herman is a gloating, you know, traitorous bum who left U of H for the money, who, you know, said, you know, just bye-bye U of H, did not care about the Houston Cougars, did not care about what he claimed to be building in Houston, which, I mean, you look at what U of H is doing now, if he stays, I mean, he's an automatic American Athletic Conference champion, you know, if he's, he's fighting against UCF every year, you know, he's going to big bowls, you know, under, you know, under his leadership, U of H thrived, right? And he got a big head after he went undefeated for, you know, a, a half a season with the Cougars, and then got, you know, swallowed up by UT, which made his head grow even bigger, and now he's, you know, taunting Drew Locke on the sideline. He's not a good coach, is what I'm trying to say. But that's not the only football game that occurred, uh, or is occurring, rather, um, as Texas just hits a field goal. Um, LSU-Arkansas is currently going on. Uh, are you interested at all in this one, Cole? Do you, do you think there's anything to take out of this, you know, out of this football game? Well, LSU and Arkansas is definitely an interesting one because you have to wonder what LSU is playing for because after losing, getting shut out by Alabama and taking too many bad losses, they're not in college football playoff consideration, but you still have enough wins for a bowl game. I'm you still got to figure out what to play for. I'm telling you. Second place in the SEC West is probably getting a New Year's a New Year's Six Bowl, especially LSU. LSU, a team that was in the conversation for so long, you know, like I think they could wind up. You know, I know Cotton Bowl is is a uh, it's a it's a college football playoff site this year, so we won't we won't see them in the Cotton Bowl. But another one of the bigger ones, right? Like maybe uh, I think the Orange Bowl is up. For uh, for play, so they could play a strong second placed ACC team in the Orange Bowl, or maybe they play UCF in the Orange Bowl. You know, like that's something that could you know reasonably happen. That could be a, a true. All right, so another team that was once considered for a college football playoff but is falling out a little bit, 
The Oregon Ducks, they're currently losing 22-17 to in the fourth quarter against Utah. Well, the, Ducks, Utah. the Ducks really fell off, um, you know. They, they, I mean, you could see that coming after they lost against Stanford, right? I mean, they lost 38-31 against Stanford. Um, and while they, while they did string a pair of wins together after that, I mean, they lost to Wazoo, who, to be fair to Wazoo, they've decided to become the best team in the Pac-12. And then they lost to Arizona, who is not that good, right? So, I mean, Oregon... Oregon's been decent. They just, you know, they've lost too many games to be in the conversation anymore. They're not like Washington State, where Washington State's nine and one and like could legitimately, if certain things go their way, like Washington State could legitimately be in the college football playoff. Um, any uh, any other games going on that you want to talk about, Cole? Before we send things to break, anything that catches your eye? Georgia up thirteen ten on Auburn. That's always a fun one. Well, Notre Dame is currently up 17-0 against the Seminoles in South Bend. So, I no- mean, yeah. Uh, what what do you think about this one? Because I think Notre Dame's got this season on lock. I think Notre Dame has to win this, especially since Book, their starting QB, has been ruled as injured. So they're trying to figure out the whole quarterback situation now. Brandon Wimbush is now the quarterback for Notre Dame. So they're trying to figure out especially late in the season where they're trying to figure out if they can be a college football playoff team. It doesn't seem like they're doing too bad either. Wimbush is 6 for 11 today, 44 yards with two touchdowns. We're only in the second quarter. so And he's also got four carries for 20 yards. He's, he's leading the team on rushing. So Wimbush might be okay. Um, I mean, Notre Dame is just... They're, it's crazy. So I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something. And I know, you know, we, we have our friend Corbett, who is one of the guys at the station, who's a big, you know, he grew up in South Bend. You know, his, his, his first and true love is with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I hate Notre Dame for one reason. Pick a gosh darn conference. My Lord, you are not, you know, everyone else does it. You aren't some exception to the rule just because you are the Chrome Domes and you are, you know, this legendary football program and they made a movie about you, you know? Like, that doesn't put you ahead of everybody. Everyone else has a conference. You know, the only other teams that don't are, like, you know, Army, right? I think Army Army has a conference now, right? Aren't they playing, like, the ACC or something? Like, every, pretty much everyone has a conference, yeah, here it is. Here's the, the only FBS in independent teams, according to ESPN right now. There's BYU, Army, Liberty, New Mexico State, UMass, and Notre Dame, right? And the only, the only school on there that actually matters is Notre Dame, right? You've got two perfectly good conferences that you could slot Notre Dame into, right? The Big Ten or the ACC. Now, all of Notre Dame's other athletic programs play in the ACC. Their basketball team, their soccer teams, everything else plays in the ACC. Why can't we add the football team there, right? Because right now, right now, Notre Dame is free to make their own schedule. So you would think, you would think, you know, they would schedule the big teams that they know will give them. You know, you'd want them to schedule big teams that will give them a challenge, right? So that you know they they have you know a very credible record. And to be fair, I mean, there's a few teams on here that are pretty strong. Yep, you know, they played Michigan to start. They had Stanford, Virginia Tech, uh, and then they're playing Syracuse uh, next next week, right? But the way that Notre Dame works is that if they wanted to, they could structure things so that they go undefeated every season. Am I right in saying that? I don't know. I feel like when you say that, Notre Dame has the opportunity to be undefeated. That kind of sounds like the whole, I would just make comparison. It sounds like the whole Alabama comparison, how See, but, Alabama schedules teams like that to be undefeated every but year. They've, but they've got, they've got cupcake schools in their schedule, yes. But they also play in the toughest division in college football. They are contractually obligated because of playing in the SEC West that they have to play those SEC West teams. So they will always be challenged 
Notre Dame's structure is such that if they needed, for money reasons, if the talent goes away for some reason, right? If if Notre Dame's talent pool just suddenly vanishes out of the blue, right? They catch, you know, I don't know, what Ebola, and they all, you know, just drop off the face of the planet, right? Notre Dame, their football team is structured in such a way that they could scrounge up a, you know, a Decent recruiting class, a decent recruiting class of people who want to play for Notre Dame, who want to be a fighting Irish, and they can schedule a whole, you know, bunch of games against crummy schools and go undefeated, get bowl games, get bowl money. It seems like a load of crud to me. You know? Like, pick a darn conference. Everyone else at your campus plays in the ACC, so join them. If you don't want to join the ACC, if you want to be want to be in a more powerful conference, which I would argue the Big Ten is, then migrate all of your teams to the Big Ten and slot in there. I think you got a fair point. Anyway, that's I just I just I don't understand why they're allowed. I, I do. You know, I understand, you know, each school is not contractually obligated to, like, you know, find a conference, right? You don't have to, you know, stay in a lane. You know, by all means, if you can make more money, power to you. And, you know, Notre Dame has that big TV deal with NBC. I mean, they literally broadcast every Notre Dame game on NBC in prime time. So, like, I understand that, but still, I mean, come on, man. That's just my piece. That's me saying my piece on the Fighting Irish, who are currently up 17 nothing on the Florida State Seminoles. Auburn stayed in with Georgia, um, 13 to 10. But that's about the last we'll talk about those games. Uh, we're gonna take a short break here. When we come back, talking about Mizzou's football exploits. So stay tuned to KNC Sports. We'll be right back. KCOU would like to thank Shakespeare's Pizza for their support. Shakespeare's has three convenient locations at 225 South 9th Street, 3911 Peachtree Drive, and 3304 West Broadway, meaning wherever you are in Columbia, you are never far away from one of Columbia's most renowned restaurants. To check out their full menu, go to Shakespeare's.com. Thank you, Shakespeare's, for supporting Student Radio. Listen to the cast every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and streaming worldwide on KCOU.FM. We're talking Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, and all things sports. If you want sports, you'll find it every Monday at 4 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's the cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Coons on KCOU. Want to support KCOU while having the best breakfast in Columbia? Now you can. All day on Monday, November 12th, B&B Bagel will be donating a portion of their profits to KCOU. Start your week off right with a great breakfast from B&B Bagel and support a great cause as well. Monday, November 12th at B&B Bagel. We'll see you there. Alrighty. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia here on this beautiful sports Saturday. A reminder that, uh, you know, not too many games left for the Tigers, but uh, we will always give you some sort of form of coverage here on KCOU uh, in terms of Tiger football. So I don't know if we have the broadcast for Tennessee. I don't believe we do, but we definitely, I'm sure, have Arkansas because that is a home game. So, uh, Make sure that you tune into that when it comes around. Uh, we've also got basketball broadcast. Basketball season in full swing. Tigers got absolutely schlacked by Iowa State last night. But uh, if you want to hear them do better, um, Missouri Tigers basketball is back on KCOU all season long. For the home opener, from the home opener to the Paradise Gym in the Virgin Islands to the Bragging Rights game, you can hear every Mizzou men's basketball non-conference game on KCOU and KCOU.FM. KCOU 80.1 FM is the student voice of the Missouri Tigers for all sorts of Missouri Tigers sports. Um, volleyball has a match 
tomorrow, and I know that one is going to be on KCOU.FM. If you go click on the brown box, not entirely sure on the time for that match, but it is most assuredly occurring, and we most assuredly have that. If you've never tuned in and listened to a volleyball game, if you've never watched a volleyball game, my goodness, you have to. They are exciting. They are fast-paced. I got the pleasure of calling one a couple weeks ago um, against Texas A&M. This Mizzou volleyball team is honestly the best athletic program on this campus. And for future reference, Mizzou volleyball is playing against Georgia tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So tune in at kcou.fm and 88.1 to hear the coverage. But back to uh, back to Mizzou football, who were victorious on this you know, chilly November 10th day um, on this Veterans Day weekend. Uh, Tigers honored the fallen World War I veterans whose names are inscribed on Memorial Union. Um, and they honored them in a good way by winning 33-28 to against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, Cole, I know you experienced this game live. I experienced it in the uh, warm comfort of my dorm room in front of my computer screen. So what did you think seeing this thing live? Um, well, I just want to say it's all right. Mizzou did win 33-28 in Furrow Field. This is Mizzou has their sits win, so they are now bowl eligible. So right now they have a minimum bowl game right now. But I just want to say I am disappointed. I am disappointed offensively. Defense did all right, but I'm disappointed. We can go in this later on with statistics, but I'm disappointed because after Florida, after Gainesville, after playing, we talked about this on the show, but after Florida, how you played offensively, defensively, the best football like you could ever play in a college or just any football level, and you almost lose to Vanderbilt. You were down pretty much the entire game. They were. They were down. Until, what is going on? They were down until about the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, so so here's my thought on the Tigers today. Defense showed out, right? Like the defense came to play. Tigers got multiple goal line stand, like not necessarily goal line stands, but they got multiple big time defensive stops, right? Like Kale Garrett got a sack, Terry Beckner Jr. got a sack and a tackle for loss. Uh, there was you know two sacks, two tackles for loss. Um, you know the only they didn't pressure the quarterback too much, but just this team did a very good job of getting you know getting things done defensively, right? Um, they got the stops when they needed to. The problem was that the offense just did not appear at all. You know? Like, Drew Locke went 22 for 33 for 253 yards. Um, 7.7 per was his average per throw. Two touchdowns, but two picks. I mean, it's just... Not very good numbers, honestly. I mean, Kyle Shermer, the Vandy quarterback, 24 for 35. You know, he's better. He just did better. He had three touchdowns and zero interceptions is the number you got to pay attention to. You know? Would you? Did you expect more out of this Tiger offense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought that. You know, this game, you know, especially being at home, you know, you're trying to get a bowl eligible after taking that tragic loss to Kentucky and, you know, trying to get, you know, the program in the right swing, especially at the end of the year, and especially on Julak's final year, especially after how you play against Florida. I thought that momentum was going to carry all the way through. And I honestly, as I was watching the game live, just there's so many attempts and drives that just, it confused me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't understand, like, you know, it worked against Florida. Whatever you did against Florida, it worked. Keep doing that, you know? And it just didn't seem like Mizzou kept doing that. It just seemed like they turned off and, you know, decided to revert to how they were playing against Kentucky or... You know, before before the Tigers played Memphis, you know, when they were just kind of playing like crud. And this is, this, you know, 
just two halves of a season sort of thing that the Tigers have been pulling for the past two years now. You know, last last season we had that, you know, they were they were playing like, you know, like absolute garbage. And then, you know, it looked like they were getting better after after homecoming. You know, they went on a tear, you know, they didn't lose a single game after the homecoming game against Idaho last season. Um but like it's just it's the same thing, you know? Like, you play so well against Florida, and then you just revert. And this is a win, and we're complaining about a win, which I'd rather complain about a win than a loss, but this was this was one play away from being a loss, you know? I think we should, you know, just definitely expose the weaknesses <laughs> and the problems, and, like, you del- you're totally right about that. When the- Mizzou played Florida, they really looked like a ranked team. Would you agree with that? I mean, they were helped by the fact that uh, Felipe Franks, you know, threw, was throwing wounded ducks to the secondary, and the Mizzou secondary actually, you know, played. Um, but something that just, you, you know, you, you look at the numbers and you're like, where's the interceptions? Where's the sacks? Where's the, you know, where's the, the, the pressure on the quarterback? Where's the hurries? This team doesn't pressure quarterbacks. And in an SEC that is full of talented quarterbacks. You have to pressure the quarterback, especially, especially when the secondary is not very good. You know? Like, these quarterbacks, these safeties aren't getting it done, right? So why not have, you know, they're not going to get done in coverage. Have them blitz. Have them go and attack the quarterback. Make him throw some wounded ducks so that the guys you have back there in zone can get the plays, can make the catches, can get the interceptions, you know? Like, this team just doesn't play defense. At least against the pass. Like, against the run, they're okay. It definitely was a weird game, and just that first quarter with the interception by Drew, and then, you know, just letting... The running back, Keshawn Vaughn, probably mispronouncing the name. Probably, but, you know, it's, it's a hard one. He had 12 yards in average with 182 yards and one touchdown. The long was a 65 yards. Yeah. We're talking about a team that has been a good rushing defense. Keshawn Vaughn went went off. Uh, you're right, 15 attempts, 182, averaging 12 a carry. Averaging 12 a carry. Like, what are you doing? That's a free first down every time you hand that kid the ball. You know? Like, what in the world? You can't do that. This is this is SEC football. You can't be allowing a first down every time that the other team gives it to their running back. You know? Like, Mizzou is, Mizzou is lucky that this game was the one they clinched bowl eligibility with. Right? Because if they had to clinch bowl eligibility against Tennessee, I don't think they could do it. Tennessee played stellar today. Right, they won their football game. That's a problem because Tennessee, in Rocky Top, beat Kentucky. They beat Kentucky, and they beat them pretty good, they, twenty-one to seven. It was a pretty, it was a pretty strong showing from uh, from the Volunteers. Um, and Mizzou has to go into that environment next week, and I, I think they're dead. I think Missouri's going to get pummeled by the balls, and then they have to come back home. And I don't care how bad Arkansas is doing this year. When you don't have momentum, you don't play well. It's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. The players aren't going to have classes. Campus is going to be empty. They're going to be wanting to hang with their families. They're not going to be wanting to play football. This is the last game of the season. It's technically senior night, right? Like, it's going to be all emotional and everything. Like, this is not what you want for the last game of the season after getting walloped by Tennessee, which is probably what's going to happen. If this team beats Tennessee, I mean, oh, my gosh, then we're going we're gonna to beat Arkansas. We'll probably win whatever bowl game we go to. But, oh, my gosh, like, we're not going to beat Tennessee. This is just not going to happen. Unless this was a fluke from the Volunteers, but I don't think it was. All I'm saying is that the way Mizzou played against Vanderbilt today, like, honestly, if you played any other team in the SEC or just any other football team like in any conference, you probably would have lost this football game. Oh, definitely. Uh, unless you're playing like Ole Miss or Arkansas, 
you play any other team in the SEC, you lose this football game. You know, Vanderbilt would have beaten you this week. You know, Tennessee would have beaten you this week. Everybody above South Carolina and Mississippi State would have destroyed you this week. You know? A&M would have you know, killed you. And A&M's trash on the road. Like, this is just bad. You know? Um, and, and people are going to be happy. People are going to look at this and have the wrong idea. Because... Mizzou football won, and they're going to a bowl game. And whoop-de-doo, we get to go to the, you know, the who's it calls it, you know, chicken bowl down in, you know, Podunk, Alabama. Right? We get to play some sort of crummy Sunbelt team or something like that. You know, it's, you know, teams teams that win six games rarely get good bowl games. We were blessed to get a bowl as good as the Texas Bowl last season. Like, we might get the Liberty Bowl or something. I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair... That's a fair prediction is maybe the Liberty Bowl. But other than that, like, I mean, the Gasparilla Bowl or something? Like, this team is not getting good, a good bowl game. Um, and it deserves better, you know? You have one of the – you have a, a quarterback who, you know, at the beginning of the season we thought was in a conversation for the Heisman and we thought could have gone number one in the draft. He's now most assuredly getting neither of those. So what's the breaking point, Cole? What is the breaking point? Honestly, when you're asking the breaking point at this late in the season, just especially in Drew Locke's career at this point, like, honestly, when you have two regular season games left, well, technically you have three games left of your college football career. Depends on what bowl game you're in. Like, Honestly, there's not much you can do on your college football resume to boost your draft stock. Like, uh, you can boost a little bit, you can drop out a little bit, but honestly, what you have right now is what's going to carry you into the NFL, honestly. I don't think how you perform against Tennessee, how you perform against Arkansas, or whatever bowl game you're in, I don't think that's going to completely change his draft stock. I agree. I just, you know, a crummy bowl against someone who, you know, some team that no one cares about isn't going to boost anything. He's probably going to go high second round at this point. I'm currently looking at the bowl games right now. Currently, Mizzou is predicted to be in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl against Duke. That's a fun one. I'm looking at uh, the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, They just released some updated ones from last week. I haven't seen anything from this week. Uh, But last week... Uh, the, the folks over at the Sentinel had us playing on New Year's Eve in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl against Wisconsin, where we would most assuredly be pummeled into a pulp by the Badgers because the Badgers are a better football team. This is a Badgers football team that is always like one of the best scoring offenses like every year. They're one I mean, of the best scoring offenses. They always have a decent quarterback. Um, they always get working in the secondary. And so when you play a team like Mizzou, who has a terrible secondary, you will win the football game. Um, it is a miracle that they won this one, the Tigers, because they really should not have. The good news coming out of sports that I care about today is that, uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Cole, no, no, nobody on this campus except for me cares about my, my darling Delaware Blue Hens. But uh, I have I have a girlfriend who goes to Delaware, so I get to care about those darling blue hens. They won their basketball game today in overtime. I guess sticking to something right now. So Northwestern, a this is an interesting matchup. Northwestern, a school that I grew up like five minutes away from. You know, went to a lot of football games. Um, I you know competed with my neighbors about free parking. Well, not free parking, but you know what I mean. Discounted parking. Yep. And mm-hmm. they played Iowa, a school I once considered going to. So it was a and quite an interesting game. An old Big 12 rival of Missouri um, back in the day. How's that one going? How's Northwestern faring against the Hawkeyes? Northwestern won the football game they 21 to 14, if I'm not mistaken. Good stuff. Good stuff. Northwestern, who started out not very good, um, have put together a very, very solid season um 14 to 10 excuse me 14 to 10 i mean that's a fine score against iowa iowa ranked team if i'm not mistaken uh currently ranked 21 21 they were 19 last week if i'm correct um 
So big win for Northwestern. They've been they've been putting a couple of wins over ranked teams uh, lately. I would not be surprised if we see Northwestern maybe break the top twenty five. Is that too big an ask? I mean, they're six and four, but they've literally they 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 would have won six straight if not for having to play Notre Dame last week, and they they only lost thirty one to twenty one against Notre Dame. I mean, they had a pretty solid game against the Irish. I think despite the early season crumminess, they might they might be warranting a a number twenty five maybe maybe even twenty three. They're first in the Big Ten West as it stands right now. Like, I would like to see Northwestern get ranked again. Imagine this, because there's a chance that they play Michigan. In the Big Ten Championship, is that if, if I'm correct? Um, so Northwestern versus Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, Northwestern probably will not win that football game, but if they do, I mean, my goodness, that that is some major implications for my family. And plus big Big 10 championship. If you're a Big 10 champion, you get you get a new year's you get a new year's six bowl like for sure. You know, that that's how that works if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Northwestern's currently first in Big 10 West. They're overall sits in four. The other team, the second team under them is Purdue currently 5 and 5 overall. Dang. I mean, Northwestern once again putting together One heck of a season so far. Uh, We're going to take one more break. When we come back, uh, just kind of some general sports talk. So stay tuned. Let KCOU cover all of your DJing needs, whether it be a company or organization barbecue, a fraternity tailgate, or even a private party. KCOU's trained DJs help you develop the perfect playlist for your event. Contact Trent McRae for more details by emailing engineer at kcou.fm or by phone at 214-585-9344. That's 214-585-9344. And schedule one of our DJs for your event today. Coppage to break the plane of the pylon. I'm Corbett Koslack. And I'm Daniel Virag. Breaking the plane is back for a second season. All the analysis and in-depth looks at the NFL, NCAA, and football from across the country. 58! Blue 58! Go! Breaking the plane, Saturday mornings, 11 to noon, all throughout football season on KCOU 88.1 FM and online at kcou.fm. On November 16th and 17th at the Missouri Theater, the Missouri Contemporary Ballet launches into its 13th season with Intersections, featuring six unique works by five choreographers. With something for everyone, there are bound to be twists and turns in this diverse blend of creators. For ticket information, go to their website, MissouriContemporaryBallet.org, and click on the Events tab. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Missouri Tiger women's basketball is back on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, and of course on KCOU Sports. That's the brown box on the website. You can hear the Tigers take on some of the best teams in the country, including the uh, the 2016 National Championship uh, South, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks uh, on KCOU. The student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Women's basketball already becoming, you know, a force um, to be reckoned with. Uh, definitely one of the teams that, you know, is always ex- exciting to watch. Cole, have you made it out to a basketball, a women's basketball game this season? I know there hasn't been too many of them. I've been out to a few, and yeah, definitely, you're definitely right about that. Mizzou definitely showing why they belong in the SEC, especially a power outside of the conference with South Carolina. Mississippi State was ranked number two in the nation with a undefeated record. But sticking Mizzou, we were talking about this, you know, before the season started, but like what can Sophie Cunningham do to promote her draft stock? And just drops like thirty points a night, like I mean, yeah, that's it's, it's unbelievable. She's she's been playing incredibly well. Um, they they went over to west uh, over to Western Illinois and won eighty nine sixty four. 
um, which isn't very indicative of how this team played. I think they they you know they played they played off the bench, um, so not the hugest score line. But this team is like my goodness. You look at not just Sophie. Like obviously, Sophie Cunningham is going to get the the headlines. Sophie Cunningham, probably the best basketball player on either either men's or women's. Honestly, probably the best basketball player that has come out of this school. And I'm counting Golden Boy Porter Jr. in that conversation as well. You know, I'd say if uh, I'd say Sophie Cunningham had definitely put together a better career so far for herself than he has for himself, albeit he spent his entire career on the bench. So, I mean, there's not too many numbers to back him up. Um, but To be fair, but I definitely think that this Mizzou team is better than last year. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Akira Levy transferring from Western Kentucky. Like, she switched her, commit, her commitment from Western Kentucky to Mizzou. And oh my gosh, have you, you know you go to you go to games and you look at Akira and she's you know just the shortest person on the court. You know she's all of like you know I don't even think she's all of you know six feet. She might be like uh, yeah she's five foot eight, right? So not a very not a very tall person, but my God, she drives the lane. And takes control of games, and she has this passion, right? Like you, you, you watch her on the sidelines. She just goes on. She's on fire. She will yell, get that team pumped up, which is something that the Tigers need. For so long, it's been Sophie that drives that momentum that keeps this team fired up. With Sophie leaving, they need someone to drive, someone to be that you know that big spark plug. I think Akira Levy is going to be that player for you know the next four years. Oh yeah, absolutely, and. You bring up how good she is at driving, even though at the size. She's literally reminds me every time she drives lane, just every time she sees me play, she reminds me of prime time D Wade. Honestly. I can agree with that. A little bit shorter, but still incredibly strong, drives the lane and you know, gets the baskets in the clutch. Speaking of D Wade, it's a good transition. We can start talking about the NBA. Big news coming out of the National Basketball Association today. With Jimmy Butler headed to Philly, I know he's one of your he's one of your old Bulls boys. So so tell me what you think about this move. Um. Well, personally, uh, the Bulls should get Jimmy Butler back and fire Fred Hoiberg. Well, I mean that's that's you know that's a basic but, stretch. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that or they should tank and get Zion. <laughs> I like what you're thinking there. But, uh, yeah, Philadelphia definitely having a dangerous team with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Sarge isn't that bad of a player. Fultz trying to have, you I know. I think Sarge was part of the deal. So, I, I think Sarge is gone now. He's, he's a Timberwolf. Oh, he's a Timberwolf now. I believe so. But, like, that court with Simmons, Embiid, I got, you know, I Butler. Got, I've got a, a potential starting five for you. I, I'm gonna read it out. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I want to hear your 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 knee jerk reaction. Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Markel Fultz. That's dangerous because you look at a team who has some great shooters with JJ Redick. Fultz has a nice jumper. I know he changed it in the off season. You have Ben Simmons who can't shoot, but he is a great passer. He can drive the lane. Joel Embiid. He's going to get the rebounds, going to get some blocks, going to, you know, be a beast in the inside. That is dangerous. I, we were talking about this earlier, but I think this is a third seed in the Eastern Conference and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I'm willing to say that this is the, uh, this is like the, the, the full realization of the of the process. This is the group that is going to bring Philadelphia a ring. Maybe not this year, but at some point, someone has to break the Golden State juggernaut. And this seems like the team, with this lineup, give these guys a little bit more time to age, to mature, to refine their game, 
this seems like the team that could do it. So when you talk about, you know, this completes the process. So Philadelphia was a team that was on LeBron's finalist, but he ended up going to the Lakers. Do you think not getting LeBron, but giving Jimmy Butler? It's a better deal. You really think it's a better deal? It's a better deal. Because let me let me tell you why. LeBron wants to be the coach. He wants to be the leader. He wants to, you know, he wants to be the one making trades. He's, he's like the he's like the acting GM who's not actually getting paid to be a GM. Um, and you look at the Lakers, right? Look look at what look at what happened to the Lakers. We lauded the Lakers last season for being this young, talented team that might not be that very that good last year, but they were going to start building. They were going to have a good young team with guys like Kuzma. And and Lonzo Ball and they they build something out of that, right? You add LeBron to the mix, it's just a team with LeBron. You know, there's no future for that team. It's LeBron, right? But look at these Sixers, man. They just got Jimmy Butler. The process is fully coming into full view. This team is something. Speaking of the NBA, um, I guess I talked about Chicago a little bit, but your Houston Rockets suck. They just with suck. Carmelo Anthony, I uh, told you that was a bad trade. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you now. I don't think I did when, when I first saw it, but I agree with you now. They suck, and it's bad. Uh, but you know, hopefully they'll get better. Um, running out of time on the show, but thanks for tuning in here on Sports Saturday. This will wrap up for the most part the uh, Sports Saturday kind of lineup that we got going. But uh, thanks for tuning in this weekend. Hope you enjoyed all of the content, including the football game. Definitely winning the game makes things more enjoyable if you're a Mizzou supporter. Uh, but other than that, you've been listening to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. If you liked us, if you want to hear more of us, tune in when we're regularly on the radio Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. We talk about it's basically the same stuff we talked about today. Um, before we go, uh, Borussia Dortmund won their Klassica against Bayern Munich today and are now top of the Bundesliga. Tomorrow is the Manchester Derby. Manchester United versus Manchester City. Uh, I know you know nothing of soccer, Cole. Who do you got? Who do I got? Manchester City, Manchester United. At Old Trafford, I believe. I assume is- Manchester United is the favorite right here. Probably not. City's a way better team. I'm gonna go with the underdog here, I guess. And as a as an avid United fan, I will also go with Manchester United. So that wraps things up. Thanks for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful, warm, let me stress that warm rest of your weekend and rest of your week. We'll get back to you on Tuesday.